Hey there, listeners. Welcome to This Humana Life, a podcast for all Humana associates. We have amazing stories to tell and learning experiences to offer. We also believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insights into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. I'm Brittany LaMere. And this podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We're looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Join the conversation in our buzz group by visiting go forward slash THL. Also, make sure to text the acronym THL to 239-355 to have new episodes sent straight to your mobile Thursday morning. With all of the other, um, the leadership symposium and just other things that you are involved in, how important has networking been in your career? I would say networking is everything. It's what got me uh, at least I feel like it's what got me my job here. It's what got it's what got me looking into being an actuary. It's uh, it's what's got me doing this very podcast right now. <laughs> um, it's uh, networking is it's everything. Do you have any advice or tips for us that are living in a virtual world or not here in a main Humana hub? Uh, I would say be involved, not just in your work, but be involved outside of things with your work like the Leadership Symposium or like an NRG or uh, anything that's out there. There's there's Toastmasters. There's all kinds of things like that. Be involved. And um, I would even say f- find ways to uh, speak life into people uh, virtually. So uh, it might be uh, sending a uh, Starbucks gift card virtually because you can just go to their website. It's actually kind of cool how you can send a gift card just on their website. Amazon too. Amazon, Amazon does the same really thing. Easy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but this one you can facilitate like, hey, let's grab a virtual coffee. Like, and yes. Oh, that's a good idea. I got that tip from Chris actually, so I can't take credit <laughs> for it. <laughs> so like you yeah. send them a $5 gift card and then say, okay, I want to, let's meet. Hop on Webex, turn on your webcam and uh, you sit there with a cup of coffee and a chat about whatever you need to chat about. I, I felt it was a very kind kind gesture because yeah, I know Chris good. has offered numerous times, especially if he needs a volunteer from the audience. He's like, you know, that's I'll really buy cool. you, I'll, I'll get you, grab, let's grab I coffee. And I just, I thought that was a brilliant idea of a way to be already giving back to somebody mm-hmm. and facil- facilitating a positive relationship. So really yeah, I have idea. a story about that. Let's hear it. So the last time I did that, I uh, had a volunteer speak up. His name was David. And I thought it was a certain David, so I sent that David a Starbucks gift card. And he's like, I don't know why I'm getting this. And I'm like, well, weren't you the one that volunteered? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank so, you, man, right? <laughs> David, if you're friend. out there and you're the one who spoke up, I owe you Starbucks. Let me know. <laughs> Please leave a comment on Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> well, and everything is so virtual. We, we live in a virtual world, especially here at our at Human. I mean, a big percentage. I notice even my organization at 50%, actually 51, 52% are now work at home associates, which it mm-hmm. wasn't like that even a year ago. It has changed so much. And, and you know, and Humana has a culture that it's it's great to work that way. And we could still work that way virtually. 
And so that's just one piece. But in regards to Humana's culture in the workplace, what changes or what other changes have you noticed over time? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one because what, something I do like about Humana is throughout any change that has taken place, any transition or any potential transition that we've had, there's always been this commitment to health. And I appreciate that. Commitment to health for me as an associate, commitment to health uh, for our members out there. And I love how it's about population health. Um, and I don't, I, I haven't seen that change. And I really always appreciate that. And I hope that Humana always sticks with that and lets that be our guiding light. And like, even if there's, a bright shiny object dangling in front of us and it were to like double our stock price or anything. I still hope that if it means double stock price, uh, if doubling stock price means compromising that value, I would hope that we don't compromise the value. And I like that. You know, we keep, keep your eye on the North star and, yep. and I do feel very strongly that Humana works hard to do that. So it's good that you brought that to the attention of, our listeners that uh, that you see it as well and that you, you like that Humana is still going to focus on on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and as Carmen had mentioned earlier, since we keep moving to more agile workforce and we are separated by time and space rather, um, you presented on clear, concise and complete communicating complicated concepts. Can you give us an overview of this and why it's important to the workplace? Yeah, uh, so I wanted to present on that because I feel like that is the job of an actuary. We're, we're taking complicated analyses and, and all this, and then we have to present it in a way that people understand. And to me, this is my favorite part of my job. And I've gotten feedback that it's something that I happen to be good at, too. And when I present on something, like, it, it might sound really simple and everything. And that that's my goal. I want it to sound simple. I want I want people to think... Really, like, you're, you know, you're, you're being paid to figure out something that simple. Like, I want that because that means that even though I've put in hours and hours and hours of work behind it, I've come to a conclusion that I'm able to present in a very simple way. Uh, so, like, I see a lot of people, they share charts and graphs that are so complicated. Like, what story is this telling? I don't know. Um, but if I can show a chart and it just has a few bars on it or one line that goes across it, the story is really easy to to get from that and that so that's my goal is to just tell an easy to understand story uh even though i have all this background uh information and i just kind of give the brief overview if people have questions and they want to dig in further they're more than welcome to uh to dig in with me and i'm more than happy to do that but if i do that from the get-go it uh it it just complicates things and um, I think that this is a way that uh, people who are presenting in ways that are clear, concise, and complete, that is, to me, a really good leadership communication. It increases your, your influence in the world and increases your influence around here at Humana because people listen to you. People want to listen to you because they say, well, that's someone that I can, uh, I can take their information. I know exactly what to do with their information, but someone who's being all complicated and not very clear and concise. It's like, well, I, I really don't know what to do with that information. Like, 
thanks for it, but I don't know what to do from this point on. And then in the end, the, the originator or the creator loses because they haven't been able to communicate something probably very important or impactful to the business. So I, I love that. Um, can you maybe give that presentation to everyone in the company? I, I would if I had the <laughs> opportunity, sure. How Actually, how can we find that particular presentation? Yeah, it um, actually, we did not record that one, uh, but the slide deck for it is on the Leadership Symposium SharePoint site. So okay. go slash Leadership Symposium again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a button that says Past Presentations Archive, so you can go there and scroll down and find the clear, concise, and complete slide deck. Well, so... Yeah, I was just saying, you might have to just do that one again because whenever people go to the slide deck, is the alien still in the slide deck? The alien, I'm yes, it's in the slide deck. <laughs> that so I was I was people. an attendee <laughs> at, at that, so we're gonna leave that like cliffhanger out there. So Chris, you're gonna have to present again. Okay. I feel like we might have a venue for you, so maybe we can make a WNRG <laughs> lunch and learn. Maybe share that. That would be pr- kind of cool. Yeah. Sure. Um, Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my other questions then is how well do you think actuaries understand how the work they do influences or impacts the business of healthcare? Right. Like we are a healthcare company with elements of insurance. And I think like our home operations and pharmacy, I think we all really understand how we touch the member and the difference we're making. Do you think that the actuaries see, feel and see that impact? I think some of them do, and some of them struggle with that. And I think the ones that are struggling with it, because there were times that I struggled with that as well, like, okay, I know the work I'm doing, but really, like, is my time I'm putting in here really actually helping someone out there somewhere becoming healthier, or am I just crunching numbers? And uh, I think part of overcoming that is – doing some research on your own that goes back to taking ownership of your own career and knowing where do all the pieces fit together Uh, asking questions about okay well so I submit this to this person this per and then after that person they take it and they communicate this to that person which eventually starts this this initiative that helps thousands of our members become healthier somehow uh, so doing that and uh, th- going back to the networking as well, you network with these people you work with. So when you see that there's like if uh, if you're submitting a report and it goes five people out before it hits the member, go and talk to that fifth person and network with them. Uh, connect with them on LinkedIn. Just set up a, a meeting with them and say, hey, can I meet with you for 15 minutes just to just to talk and see see what what you do I want to I want to know how my work impacts you and most people are very willing to take 15 minutes to do that and uh, there there's no no shame in doing that it sounds like most everything that you have presented or, or had ideas of has been able to come to fruition but have you ever had a great idea uh, that you wanted to happen and it didn't they were told maybe no how did you handle that uh, I get told no a lot, and then I go and do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then I learned that sometimes forgiveness is easier than permission. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. Um, and so if I am told no, there, there might be a good reason I'm told no. And so I, I do take it into consideration. However, I take it with a grain of salt as well. And so the actuary in me looks at the risk. So, okay, this person told me no. Why are they telling me no? Um, like, let's take the leadership symposium, for example. 
like, oh, I want to leave the leadership symposium. Maybe I'm told no because you're committing yourself to one hour a week, every single week at the same time. And what if we get busy and that interrupts our work and everything? Uh, okay, good point. Um, so I think through some things of how do I mitigate that risk? Uh, so, you know, I think of some things like, okay, well, I'm going to do this anyway. Um, okay, well, so I'll work an extra hour um, that day, or I will uh, I'll just skip lunch that day, or I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'll set it up to where I don't even have to show up, just like I did last week. Uh, I had that meeting. And that came in between it. So I, I set it up to where I wouldn't have to show up. But still, the purpose I'm going for is fulfilled. And that's good because sometimes I think you hit it and I wrote it down. You know, you look at the risk of the reason why they said no. And, uh, you know, you just have to weigh all of those and see what it is that you've missed, whether it's the data or whether you pose the question right back to yourself. Well, what if I'm at gone for that week? It's hard to commit every single week. You know, that's 52 mm -hmm. times a year. And, you know, if you're on PTO or if you're sick or anything, anything could happen. So it's quite a commitment, but it just uh, shows your determination. Yeah. And how long have you been uh, leading Leadership Symposium and how long have you been with Humana? I am, uh, as of, I think, next week. Uh, you know, the week after recording this will be five years for me at Humana. And I have been doing the leadership symposium now for uh, almost two years. But I've been attending it ever since I started. So I've been attending for five. <laughs> well, you're obviously passionate about that uh, along with your work. But what else are you passionate about? Um, probably my number one passion is I want people to realize and then actualize their full value. And I word it that way for a very special reason. Because when I was first thinking about it, like that, that is my, my life purpose statement. I want to help people realize and actualize their full value. Uh, but when I was first thinking that, I was like, well, I like to add value to people. But then it hit me that people already have value. There's no value I can add to people because they are already valuable. All I'm doing is helping them see the value that's already in them. And I think people have value in two different ways, just by being a human being and having that identity as a person. That alone give, uh, lets them have value, huge value. And then there's also the value that we tend to think more of, the value of like, what, what are you good at? What, what are your natural born talents? And how do we pull that out of you so that both of those types of value can complement each other and, and build themselves up to, uh, to really make your value come out. I love that. Yeah, that's really like my heart. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's true though. And I think, I think most of the people that we've been talking to, we've been fortunate enough to hear that same type of like thought process or life mission. Like I think there's so many incredible people in this company that are, are really wanting to help uh, make this company a better place, support one another, assume positive intent and just kind of celebrate the talents that we all have organizational generosity as irene Hustiniano said yeah I, I love that just that little phrase but even i mean even the hour a week that you're giving to this project i mean it's pretty powerful like you said it's 52 hours a year that you're 
committing to this. So it's something that obviously you really believe in and has been super successful. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and with that, you know, Humana aspires to be a learning culture. What's something that you're curious about? What, when it comes to Humana, what I'm really curious about is the future of American healthcare. You know, probably ever since I can remember like following politics and everything, that's always such a big issue in politics. And, you know, the, the conservatives, liberals, and third parties all have ideas and some of them get implemented, most of them don't. And the ones that do get implemented maybe have some good parts, but some bad parts. And it's like, I'm just curious how how it's going to turn out. And I'm curious what Humana will do to innovate American healthcare as it's as it's evolving. Do you have any ideas or any ways that you want to throw out there? Put me on the spot. <laughs> that is put me on the spot. Um, do you think it's a move to digital? Or I think digital is is huge, um, and I know Humana has talked a lot about going more digital. Um, I like the idea of like the like the doctor on demand. Um, I have that app on my phone. I haven't used it yet, but it's there. Um, I really really appreciate the uh, the doctors that are on site here at Humana. I've I've made that my primary care physician. I have too, just about a month ago. And they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like they let your immediate family uh, consider that too. And so I told my wife, "Hey, this is who you need to go to." And uh, she told me that she just thought, well, they sat and talked with me for a long time just because I was an employee or whatever. They wouldn't do that with her. But then when she came in for something, she was like, wow, they really do sit there and talk with you. They really actually are there to figure out uh, what's going on with you and make you better. And we're all fortunate here in Louisville to have that opportunity. But Tara in Florida and Brittany in Pennsylvania, they do not have that opportunity there. But that is where Doctor on Demand comes in, the virtual um, concept to to have that opportunity when you aren't in a loc- in an area that it's available to do that. But to your point, and unfortunately, I'm the same way. I've, I've moved my primary care to, to the physicians here. Yeah, and I think, too, the, what, what's so great about it, like, the when the my appointment is over the doctor will say okay i'm going to schedule a follow-up call with you two weeks from now mm-hmm. and then he personally calls me it's not some uh, secretary thing it's <laughs> like what he calls really? me <laughs> and this has happened multiple times and um he i feel like he knows me because when i come at he I'm sure he doesn't remember. I'm sure he writes these things down, but like he brings up things about my life with me that I had told him in the previous appointment. And like he finds ways to really implement it in, in my health. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I'll, I'm fully transparent about this. I struggle with depression. And what I saw him about it, he, I, I guess like the typical doctor would say, okay, here's, here's a prescription for you. You know, we will schedule another appointment to see if we need to adjust it. And that has always been my experience. But then when I came to the doctor here, it's okay. Well, yeah, I will. We'll do a prescription. And like he went over all the different prescriptions with me and told me pros and cons of each and then let me pick which one I wanted. And then uh, he also talked to me about 
even like overall mental health. Uh, talk to me about uh, meditation. And uh, he did a big study, from what I hear, into some of the meditation apps that you can download and uh, found the, the best one for me to, to get. And uh, so, wow. like, it, it's not just about the typical doctor medical stuff. It's about all around good health. Well-being. And I think that, talk about the future of healthcare. I think that getting primary care physicians more involved like that, more involved in the person's overall well-being and uh, not just what makes the money, um, but like leveraging what, uh, like, well, we, we have all, all these deals with providers where we're, uh, we're holding them accountable and they win and we win if we're really going after the health. With the value-based mm-hmm. care. Yes. Yeah, and, and VBS, we call that the being, like the primary care physicians are the patient quarterback. It's true that's a really good way to put it I like that it's it almost reminds me of like back in the old days when the, the physicians knew all of their patients and the families mm-hmm. and there was more time afforded to have those conversations and it's amazing like I think when you when you mentioned you know what are those things that are going to bring us to the next level in healthcare? I think part of that is giving our doctors the ability to have those conversations so like rewarding right. them for like long-term health outcomes um quality of care rather than number of people in and out the door that's it and how can you keep them out of the hospital and so uh, that's really exciting to hear yeah we you know Brittany and I don't have that opportunity to see that in action so it's really neat to hear it yeah and I I will admit Humana is the um, only reason I have a primary care doctor because I've never had one Mm. in the nearly 30 years I've been on this planet so because of Humana I was like I should probably practice what I preach so this year was my very first actual same thing i've never really had one uh like doctors like checkup i usually just go to walgreens and get my checks done (laughs) (laughs) this was good it was a big deal yeah yeah it was it was a big decision so obviously many of the different things that you support you've always been able to 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 do that they've come to fruition as i mentioned earlier but has there ever been a challenge or a conflict that you faced here at work and and how did you deal with it yeah, and uh, it, I, I think probably everyone at some point or another has dealt with the same thing. But um, there, uh, and I won't mention names, but there has been times that I've been in conflict with a leader. Um, I mean, nothing like outright bad conflict, but you know enough where there was like tension. And I was trying to navigate. I was like, again, th- this is like politics, and I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like You're thinking about politics on my own, but I do not like implementing it i just want to just be me and be transparent with who i am and not worry about how that's going to affect me um but trying to navigate all those politics and everything it was just getting so frustrating and then i read an article and the article talked about when you are struggling with a leader uh what to do and it gave this idea of find out what what really speaks into them and uh and speak life into them. Mm-hmm. And so like this particular leader, I, I said things of like, what, why, why I'm a better person because of them. And it, uh, you know, that, that could hurt to say something like that. Cause it's like, okay, this person I'm not really getting along with, I'm having to say nice things to them, but it's kind of like, like in raising kids, like, okay, now say something nice to your sister, <laughs> but it, it it works if you're sincere about it and then like you back it up with examples and i'll say what when i did that suddenly there was this like change and i think 
I, I mean, I don't know. They, they might have a different explanation for it. I don't know. But um, there, there was a change in that. And I think that just really speaking life into people, uh, just really, it, it breaks down a lot of those walls. Just expressing gratitude and definitely a big believer in trying to manifest positivity. And I try, sometimes I fail, but I, I try to do. do that. Yeah. What's one story you don't get to tell often enough? I uh, I would say so. When I was a kid, I was uh, I was the weird kid. Um, I w- was bullied a lot. Um, I had like zero self esteem. I uh, didn't have any friends. I didn't feel like anyone really cared about me. Uh, it was uh, it, it, it wasn't just that I was left alone. Like people, especially at school, and you know how kids can be. They very much verbally told me, and sometimes even physically, <laughs> uh, told me how uh, how awful of a person I was, and I knew that just wasn't right. And that's probably what ultimately has led me to my purpose of helping people realize and actualize their full value. Because I mean that that's an extreme example, uh, you know, being bullied and everything. But we all, for some reason, believe lies about ourselves that other people or something else is telling us you're not worthy and uh i will say where where that started turning around for for me was like eighth grade freshman year of high school or so uh the church i was going to uh, started going at that time and i went to the youth group and realized that the these kids actually seem to want to get to know me and care about me and so i kept going kept waiting and like i i just thought at some point they're gonna let me down and they're gonna realize who i am but the more they realized who i am it's like the more that they cared about me and i thought this is this is kind of cool and so i started uh that's part of the reason i went in the ministry is i wanted to create those same types of environments for uh for other kids but um it's uh it really turned around for me and i realized i i'm worth something and now you give so much back. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I see the importance of that. And I see that there is that transformation. And I see I see value in people who other people don't see that value. In. And it, it breaks my heart when they don't see value in themselves. And so it's like, I went through that. Let me help others go through it. I, I just, I can't stand to see people feeling that way. Well, and then, you know, you think about that, that situation as a kid and how many of us grow up as adults now right so you're ministering in a way to adults that have once been those kids that were bullied and who have yeah. lies so that, i think that's pretty amazing because mm-hmm. sometimes i get so into like the business needs i forget we're all kind of broken people yes. you know and we all deserve to be uplifted by one another I mean, it sounds ideal but that's okay right yeah so uh, kind of taking this back to your profession, is there like a common myth or something that you'd like to debunk about your profession? Yeah, um, we're not accountants. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a difference. Uh, accountants do, uh, they, they plug in the numbers and they, they do all that, uh, but we're, our focus is on risk. Um, 
And so uh, it, uh, I, I can't say that accountants don't focus on risk. They definitely, definitely do. Uh, but for actuaries, that's really where, where our specialty is. Um, and so my kids like this, the movie Zootopia. I don't know if you all have seen that. And at the very beginning, they're like talking about what they want to be when they grow up. And I heard one, one of these animals said, I like to look at like tax stuff all day. I'm going to be an actuary. Like, I, I don't know the last time I did like anything with taxes in my job. It's <laughs> someone at Disney got it wrong. Yes. Or Pixar, which if it was a Pixar movie. Well, they're, they're the same yeah. thing, aren't they? Yeah. Disney owns Pixar. I don't know. I don't know. I know that like all these movies say Disney Pixar on it. So I don't oh, know. yeah. <laughs> well, I know we are kind of running a little close on time, but uh, was there any th- anything else or three action items you'd like to leave us with? Yeah. Um, so I did prepare in advance for that question. So uh, three action items. So number one, put people first. Love them. Love all kinds of people, people you disagree with, people who are a different age than you, people who have uh, different uh, faith backgrounds, different skin colors, different nationalities. Get to know them and love them um, to realize and actualize your full value. Uh, part of that is do something bigger than you, something that you think is impossible for you to do, but it's a dream you have anyway, and just go do it. Like I said, asking uh, forgiveness is easier than asking permission. Just go do it. And uh, lastly, think uh, have an open mind, but balance that open mind uh, with not opening your mind so much that your brains spill out. So, you know, I've heard a mind works like a parachute. It works best when it's open. And yes, I agree. But then, you know, if the parachute opens too much and it rips apart, it's no good. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, have find where that right balance is of those. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us in the studio today to share more about your Humana story on this Humana life. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. You can share with us on buzz at go forward slash THL. And don't forget to subscribe by texting THL to 239-355. We want to thank you for spending time with us this week. We can use our guiding behaviors and speak up with candor to share our Humana stories through this podcast. Let's keep the conversation going together about this Humana life. Until next time, be intentional. Stay curious. And inspire others.